and we'll continue in Acts 9, um, and today we'll be from 20 through 31, and so we'll just go ahead and, uh, and read that together, and uh, as the slide is trying to say, that Saul, Saul is lowered into a basket, and he's later sent home, and that's from to save him from being killed. Uh, but we'll see that as we read together. Let's uh, read together. <clears throat> and uh, immediately, he, that's Saul, proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. That was kind of from last time, but wouldn't it? And all who heard him was amazed at what he said. Is this not the man who, who made havoc in Jerusalem? And of those who called upon his name, upon this name. And has he not come here for the purpose to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. Uh, but the plot became known to Saul. They were watching at the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they, but they were afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them, how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of Jesus, and he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarshish. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and were being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit it multiplies. This is the word of the Lord. Um, This is really interesting, and we, we had some of the story last time, not last time, but two weeks ago, we started the story about Saul, it was just too long, so we kind of enter back into it here. So Saul had just been converted by Jesus on the way to Damascus, and this massive conversion story from being a persecutor of Jesus to fully understanding that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. Spending some time with the disciples in Damascus, he immediately starts speaking about who Jesus is. And people are amazed, they are confused, confounded. Uh, sometimes this word is used when Jesus has done a miracle, like the feeding of the 5,000 people are like, what? This is very strange. Like, how is this person who was persecuting people that followed Jesus, how is he now saying that Jesus is the Christ? So the people they were amazed. Um, and so I was just thinking about that when I came to this. It's like, 
And I think Myers was saying a little bit about it. Like, so as we come to the end of this year, how much of the year have we spent being amazed at what God does? Amazed at what, how much He's worked in your life this year? Or even in our fellowship, amazed about how people have grown? Um, I always uh, look back, I always have a couple of people when I think about our church, that I think of just about Fu and about Felix, just how they grew while they were here and now do ministry where they are now. And being thankful for how Jesus works in you, but also in other people. But even also in a crazy year like this or any year, is there room in my life to be amazed? Or even confounded, confused, or treasuring, or valuing what Jesus is doing. Is there enough time? Do I take time to, to ponder, to think about those things? And so then we see that Saul, he increases, he increases, increases in strength. Um, and he is able to prove that Jesus is to Christ. And, and the, I think the people are taken by surprise, but also all the things that Paul was trained in, now they all fall into place with who Jesus is. And so there's a lot of people who have a very hard time disputing with Paul because he knows this so very well. And so they're kind of confused. But that confusion kind of, kind of changes into uh, what Paul was experiencing himself. A seal that wanted to kill other people or bring people to prison. Now he is going to feel the same. And people are going to plan to kill him. But actually before that happens, we have this verse there. Uh, because between verse 22 and 23, we have this, uh, we have this period of time. And so, in Galatians, Paul writes, After three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, also called Peter, and remained with him 15 days. So something happens between 22 and 23 where Paul goes into Arabia for a while. And so some people would say he's there three years, so that's why you have a seminary degree as three years, and other things. So he goes somewhere for three years. And so it's, so he, he has experienced all these things, he's arguing, he's disputing, he's growing, but then he actually seems to withdraw for a period of time to have things maybe fall even more into place. And also we hear that Paul doesn't say he's been taught by anyone, but actually been taught by Jesus. So maybe Jesus teaching him there in the Arabia. We're going to come back to that, but that's, that's also in your busy day, or if you're not busy, maybe you have too much time, or you're very busy, but we talked just the first one was like, are we amazed, that guy? But do we also set a time to be with God, to pray with God, to have God speak to us through the scriptures? Do we have that as a rhythm as well? If we're here we see a man who'd be very busy going everywhere, actually taking off quite a long time to be prepared, to study, to be ready for the further 
ministries. When Paul returns then to Damascus, there's a plot to kill him. And that he, yeah, like I said, he's now experiencing the persecution he was doing before. And, <laughs> and then we have this uh, great story about how uh, how Paul's disciples find a way to get him out of the city. They're guarding the gates day and night, so they find a basket, or maybe a, there's all those little theories of what kind of basket, but they find a, find a basket to put him in and to lower him down. And then we read in Corinthians, or somewhere, Galatians, somewhere or stuff. Yeah, Second Corinthians says it's through a window in the wall, which is not uncommon, and then he can escape and uh, escape the people that was trying to kill him. So just a huge contrast of like seeing Paul's life, you know, he is empowered by the chief priests to go persecute Christians. He is knocked to the ground by Jesus, humbly coming into the city, then being healed, then going away into Arabia, and then coming back, and then now having to leave in a basket so you could say I'm victorious in Christ but I came, it seemed like I was more victorious when I came than when I left since I was being sneaked out in a basket but that's kind of what we are seeing here, that the kingdom might seem very upside down uh, but, uh, but that was just a thing. One of the main things actually that stuck out to me here is that if you look in your Bibles and you see, who is it who is it that, Paul, that lets Paul down yeah, if you mind just saying it. It's Paul's disciples. So Paul is a relatively new new believer, but he's already he has already made disciples. And so he is already fulfilling what Jesus says in Matthew twenty eight to make disciples. So as he's disputing with people, as he's encouraging people, he's he's developing believers, developing the disciples. And so that's just something that we have to think about. Also as we look into this year, am I making disciples? Am I being disciples? Am I making disciples? Um, to be encouraged with that as well. And then, we, then this, this, the scene shifts to uh, Jerusalem. And we, <laughs> we have this kind of a funny, uh, I don't know, if you, I mean, it depends on how you read the Bible and how you imagine it, because it seems like he's walking around <laughs> He's walking around Jerusalem trying to find Peter and the other people and they're hiding because, because they don't believe that he's really a believer. So you have like the, Paul trying to find people and they're hiding. Um, and so, but then, 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 uh, then uh, Barnabas, he, he steps up and he says, okay, I believe you. I believe your story. I believe that you, uh, that Jesus met you, uh, that that you have changed, and he, he kind of steps out there and then brings Paul's into fellowship. And then this actually creates, uh, creates a strong bond be between Barnabas and Saul, and most of their early ministry will be together. Uh, and, and Barnabas has this, uh, his, you might know his name, is the, the son of encouragement, so I'm very much of an encouraging person. But I think also here, he is actually also risking something. He's, he's taking a step of faith to believe that his conversion and, and that he is actually a disciple. So he's risking inviting Saul in to the fellowship. 
So the question there for us would be, are you, a, are you an encourager? Are you like um, Barnabas? Are you good at encouraging? <coughs> and, and not just encouraging, but are you actually willing to take a risk to invite people in? And maybe we, that's something just for us to think about as we live our lives. Am I wanting to risk <coughs> inviting a neighbor? Am I wanting to risk inviting students to get to know me and to get to know Jesus? And just like for there's just how much does it mean when somebody encourages you? How much that has lit your spirit? How much that has actually helped you in your walk with Christ when you're maybe more tired in your thoughts? Then uh, somebody says, hey, good job, or encourages you. Um, and for some people, it's just very natural. And for other people, we might have to really be okay thinking about it for it's actually to be heard by other people. Um, and then we see this, it seems like from the beginning, Paul being very, very bold. And I guess that's some of the things that we have been, been praying throughout this uh, sermon series in Acts as well, is would the Lord, by His Spirit, give us boldness to speak about Jesus? Here in the city, in our families. Um, so we can just ask, am I bold? Have I been emboldened by this series? Have I been emboldened this year through Jesus um, to share? Paul's he's so bold that he gets into trouble with the same people that that killed uh that kills Stephen or was behind the complot to get Stephen killed, the Hellenists. And so I don't, I don't think this is not like a, that they are just like really bad people, but at, piece, at least they are very stirred up to, to have the right doctrine, so they're also making plots to kill Paul now. And, and that, that, you know, he, unless he was bold, courageous, to dispute with these people, they would have never known this. So his boldness also leads to uh, a confrontation where the disciple says, okay, 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 Saul, I think we're going to send you home now to Tarshish a while going to go here. Because uh, he, he, he comes from this region all the way up here, and so he was down here in Damascus, and then Jerusalem's down here. So they send him to Caesarea, and then they send him home for a while. And then we will come back to, to Paul again later. But the, the brothers are saying, okay, Paul, right now this is getting a little too hot here in Jerusalem for you. Let us send you back home. Uh, and, and then we'll see what it goes there. But I was actually really encouraged because some of the commentators were talking about, well, what happens then when he is in Tarshish? Is he just sitting there waiting? <laughs> No, probably not. This is probably when he starts doing missions around these areas here, um, and little by little. Um, so you can even say that Paul is sent home, but the gospel goes forth to the Gentiles in the north. Now we saw it. We saw it went to uh, 
uh, Jerusalem, Samaria, and then we saw it with the eunuch going south, and now we've seen it going north. And later on, he will also take it into Europe, up here, through the Straits there. So the gospel, the gospel is not is not is not stamped out when they were but as they were trying to, and now Paul is instead of stamping it out, now he's actually trying to spread it out even more. Um, and then we have this very beautiful statement. Like if you, I mean, this is I know this is pink, but if you look in your own Bible and and just see this. This is what um, Luke does sometimes. He kind of rounds it off and he sums it up. And I referenced it in an earlier, earlier sermon. So he says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit it multiplied. Beautiful summary statement of how, at this point in time, as they sent the troublemaker Paul to a different place, they weren't being persecuted so much, and the church was being built up as they're walking in the fear of the Lord and were comforted by the Holy Spirit, and the church multiplied. And you can say, I've already now hinted at some of the things that I think we should look at. So the first one was, are you amazed at what Jesus does? And then here in the end we see, uh, do you have peace? So the churches were having peace. And they were being built up. And they were walking in the fear of the Lord. They were comforted. So do you have peace this year? Were you comforted this year? or day by day, by the Holy Spirit. And do we see our church being multiplied? Do we see more disciples being made? So there can be many negative answers to this. It's like, I don't have peace, I'm not being built up, uh, church is not multiplying. And then we have to just look at, maybe just look at the last, um, look at that beautiful verse again. And saying they were, they were having peace. They were being built up. They were. We can ask, am I walking in the fear of the Lord? Am I being comforted by the Holy Spirit? And you might be able. To, Paul was making disciples, and he had only been a Christian like for some, for some maybe max two years or three. I can't do that. I'm not a very good encourager. I know who I am. I'm not good at encouraging people. I don't protect people, I don't speak up for people boldly, or I don't speak for Jesus boldly, or I'm not really amazed at what Jesus has done in me or through me. This is actually one of the reasons why we chose to go through the book of Acts. It was because it's really not the people that are doing it. Some other person also said, it shouldn't be called the Acts of the Apostles. It should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit working in the Apostles. And what we're seeing is people that are being filled, comforted by the Holy Spirit working. So it's clear when we see Peter, Philip, or Paul, 
that it's because they've encountered Jesus and it's been filled by His Spirit, that's how they can do this work. It's not because they were just naturally gifted at all these things. And that's the same how we need in our lives. We need even, I think it was in a, I think it's really something that keeps coming back to me and I think I should have thought about it more this weekend, is that for even to be with Jesus, the Holy Spirit has to help us be with Him. It was in the Kunania series that even to be with God, we have to have God come and be with us so we can be with Him. It's like the power of the Holy Spirit that we have been promised to have in us is what makes it able to have that relationship. But I think the hope in the Acts series would, would be like God reminding us that we have all we need because He's giving us all we need through the Holy Spirit. And some continue to remind us that we have that power to do the things that He calls us to do. Now, we're not all called to do the same things, but we are called to make disciples, as Jesus said in Matthew 28. And also just, I think, in, I think it's so good to, to just in this time also reflect about God being a comforter. But also God being Emmanuel, the one that comes to be with us. Um, because I think it, for some of us, it's not lack of knowledge. But it's this thing of that, it's not lack of knowledge in our head. But it's more maybe lack of continuing to remembering who Jesus is. That he is actually with us. And so we can have all these negative things about ourselves, but that's, that's exactly why we need Jesus to come and transform our heart and mind, and heart being our whole being, to be amazed and to enjoy Him and to love Him and other people. That we would boldly pray for a whole being that would want to be disciple-makers and encouragers and protectors, and to want to share the good news about Jesus, have that desire. And also having this story where Paul disappears kind of into Arabia. Do we have these times where we study, where we get to spend time with Jesus and be encouraged? Do we think that God wants that time with us? And, and I think Maybe sometimes we can lose heart because we don't see a big difference. So you read the Bible every day, and sometimes it can be just like, okay, I read it. Okay, great. And other times you can have like amazing times with God. And then maybe you have a week where it's like, okay, not really anything. And I was reminding about this, you know, you've seen these videos where you see a flower grow like a time-lapse time video where you see a flower grow. But if you're standing there looking at the flower, <laughs> you don't see anything. Or with your children, 
You can see they grow and they need new clothes, but when you look at them, they're not growing. And our relationship with, with God is, is a relationship where we come every day. And and then and then they trying to and as the flower the relationship grows, but we might not see it every day. But the consistency of keeping doing it will help us in those truths. Just be reminding, and I think it's like we sometimes say, but reminding that it is, it is like, oh, oh. like being reminded it's actually a fellowship. So you have friends, and sometimes they come, maybe come, well, and there's not a lot of corona, you spend time with your friends, and sometimes you have intimate, deep conversations, and it's fantastic. Or if you like that, or don't like that, that's not so great. But, and other times, you're just, it's just, a, you know, a surface conversation. But that doesn't mean that you didn't have a good time together or have a, a building up of the relationship. It was just different that day. And I think it's sometimes we have to think about that. It is actually a relationship we're building. Building a relationship. And it's not always going to be the same. It can change back and forth. I think this is, was one of the things that I came out with. Like, Jesus, he is the source of our strength. And, and the reason why I spend a little more time on the, like, spending time with God is that we are cons constantly bombarded with uh, false gospels all the time. Like, from commercials, from other people with different viewpoints. All bombarded, like, every day of our lives we are bombarded with false gospels. Uh, we are tempted to please ourselves, or our kids, or friends, or we are tempted to look for the praise of people. Um, the world, the flesh, and the devil tempts in many ways, and 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 also to just you know to focus on ourselves instead to gain power, fame, money, or to uh, give in to the lust of the flesh. So spending time with God is is the opposite. Being reminded of what is true and good through His Word, and I think of Paul's also, because I think it's sometimes Paul's like we should be praying all the time. It's like I pray all the time. Well, maybe what he's talking about is like, well, have your mind in such a state that you know what the true gospel is all the time, and that you are reminding yourself about the power of Jesus in you all the time, instead of being overcome by other things. And I think those are the things that can keep us from giving into those things and instead believing the true gospel. So just wrapping it up, just as we're meditating, I think on the last verse, and maybe also on amazement, being amazed, being at peace, being built up, being walking in the faith, uh, in the fear of the Lord, being comforted by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who's called the Comforter. Are they some of the things that we are experiencing? And going forward, is this something we can want to and desire to 
continue to grow and will we see then see disciples multiply if those are the desires that we have I do believe that our amazement and satisfaction in Jesus will cultivate these things to happen and help us to stand against the pressures of evil and false gospels and help us lift our eyes to Jesus help us remember that the Holy Spirit has been given in us and we have the power to do the things that Jesus has called us to there's this one song, a very powerful song where there's a line that says all I have is Christ if that is true <coughs> wouldn't it be best for us to be holding on to Him spending time with Him and you can say, but I cannot hold on. The goodness of the gospel is you are actually not holding on. Jesus is holding on to you. That's my encouragement for you guys today. Lord, I want to thank you for the book of Acts. I want to thank you for all my friends here, anybody watching online. Thank you for the kids downstairs who pray, continue to encourage their hearts and minds to surrender their lives and want to be your disciples early. Pray for the people at home that are sick or couldn't make it for one reason or another. You encourage them there as well. Lord, thank you so much that we can, even in this crazy time coming, enjoy the presence of you and one another as we see your manifold grace in the face of one another. Lord, I pray for each person who's tired, or sad, or mad, or just happy. Lord, that you are molding our hearts and minds to trust in you more and be more aware, Jesus, that if we believe in you and trust in you and your disciples, you have come in your Holy Spirit to comfort, to give power, to do the things that you call us to do. Lord, thank you for acts and how Luke records the things that you've done and are doing in your people. So, Lord, thank you so much for this time. I pray that help us to be encouraged. Help us to be amazed. Help us to be um, a people who know and love and serve you by your power, of the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to walk in the fear of God and help us to see how you're going to multiply your disciples. We want to give you praise and honor in Jesus' name.